welcome to Good in the Morning, the post-truth apocalypse. I'm Ben, I'm hanging out with Mike. Hello. And Claire. Hey. Today we're going to have a little bit of a chat about planned obsolescence. Let's also big up the England football team again. Hey. Hey. It's, <laughs> it's coming home. Maybe not though by the time this episode is released. Yeah. <laughs> it's time travel, folks. <laughs> All right, um, let's thank some new returning listeners and then we'll get on with the main cut and thrust of today's topic. So, uh, where shall I start with? Freiburg am Neckar in Germany, Sedona in Arizona, the United States, Denver, Colorado, uh, Nagpur in India, Brussels, Belgium, Valpindi in Pakistan. Bristol, United Kingdom, Beograd in Serbia, Bengaluru in India, Prague in the Czech Republic. Always fancy going to Prague. Mm. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Yeah, it's um, nice, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, twenty-five pence a beer as well, or something like that, and very attractive That's the sex. Same reason, isn't it? And very attractive and reasonably priced sex work, as I also hear. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> I just being told. What I just relaying what I was told. Helsinki in Finland, Lafayette in Louisiana. Seattle, Washington, uh, home of grunge. Play Q in Vietnam, I've probably butchered that pronunciation. Fort Worth in Texas, Boardman, Oregon, into the top 10, Miami, Florida. Toronto, Canada, London in the UK, Luton in the UK, Toledo, Ohio, Ashburn, Virginia. OMAC in Washington, I'm guessing that is, WA. Albuquerque in North Minnesota. <laughs> not, not quite. North. No, north, not north. New? New, New Mexico. Mexico! Ah, of course, I am. Sorry, sorry, Albuquerque. Sorry, Albuquerque. I hear that because Breaking Bad was set there, wasn't it? Was it? It was set in Albuquerque. I should have known it. I should have known it. Anyway, uh, yeah, and Madrid, Spain, and Guadalajara, Spain, top. Thank you very much for listening, yeah. all of you. Thank you. Tell a friend. Tell several friends if you're that lucky enough to have them. Indubitably. No, we already know each other. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> we have no other friends. This is it. We can't tell people. Yeah, um <laughs> Sad but true. <laughs> Alright, let's talk about planned obsolescence then. What is planned obsolescence? What is it then? What is it? Obsolescence comes from being obsolete. When something obsolete, it is no longer relevant, it's no longer used, it is out of date. Much like my music tastes. Say, a bit like me. Much <laughs> <laughs> like Mike, my music tastes, and uh, Claire has got into gardening, so she's, she's becoming obsolescent. <laughs> she's recurring as towards her middle age. robotic <laughs> shoes as well. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> oh we have cardigans next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you say that now. <laughs> oh, the garden. I might go in the garden today, but it's a bit chilly. I'd better take a cardi. Cardi. <laughs> so, well, yeah. In capitalism, if you're retired, you're obsolete. Uh, well, right, yeah. yeah, but you are. You are obsolete, but I guess that by that point, you've got more money to spend. In theory, you've worked hard, you saved your money, you got your pensions. It's not, you've been the state pension. So Some of them. You're still a consumer. Yeah. That's true, you're still a consumer, yeah. But old people are obviously usually tight, so I suppose Semi obsolete, then, I guess. Yeah. The most common way for a product to become obsolete is for it to be replaced by something new. And of course, this is where planned obsolescence comes in. It's when various strategies are used to make a product seem undesirable, useless, and unwanted. There are many ways in which a business can do this, and one of the many building blocks for, for companies to make a profit. 
Which is all it boils down to, isn't it? It's just profit. Yep. It's a bit 50-50, isn't it? Because you want newer, better stuff. Yeah. But you also want to keep your... Let's say phone. Because this is the most common thing. I think you thing. should have a choice. You need to be allowed to... I'm happy with my phone. Yeah. Yeah. But I have noticed that since the update, it's come a little bit slower. Not a problem. Only a tiny bit. But the battery has started to die. Quicker and quicker. That's usually the first thing to go, isn't yeah. it, is the battery. Yeah. Now, whether that is the well, batteries that themselves... Choice. If that was made properly to last, yeah. I'm happy with the product. There's no need for me to upscale. They all do the same thing as this. Yeah. Just a little bit faster and a little bit brighter and flashier, that's it. Yeah, but by that logic, you'd be quite happy with the 3310. Yeah. Which you probably still could use. People, people do still use those. They do. I understand that in 10 years' time, this is going to be obsolete because of technology. Yeah. Would have moved on so much, this would be like one of the old phones to what smartphones are now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but well, at some point we'll have little bracelets on our wrists that'll project a hologram up or something like that. But that choice should be mine. It's been taken out of my hands. It's forcing me to go and buy another one. I didn't know anything about planned obsolescence and my friend pointed it out. And he was like, "Ah, oh, this is a you know this TV's all right. It's lasted uh, two years." And I was like, "You go so if it if it dies on me now, I'm not really too arse." And I was like, "What? I said you spent two three hundred quid on it. You want it to last more than two years, mate?" And he's like, "Well, they're only built for to last you know just over the warranty. And once that, they, the company doesn't really care. He goes, they're built like that. Yeah. And that's what we're a truck away society." Was it the first plasmas that came out? Plasma screen TVs, the first proper flat screens, flat well, you know, the ones you could mount on your wall. Yeah. They only had a lifespan of something like, what, fifty thousand hours. Hours, wasn't it? Was in hours, and you're yeah. like, what? Yeah. I remember some of the. I don't know what TV it was, but when you played with a games console on it, mm -hmm. because the picture was stationary, it would burn an image into the TV, permanently yeah. there. Be like. Mm -hmm. a, Brady green sort of yeah ghostly glow yeah that was shit no. <laughs> not your parents team up doing that <laughs> <laughs> there are four types of planned obsolescence contrived durability software updates perceived obsolescence and prevention of repair which I think is the biggest one nowadays yeah prevention yeah. of repair we had a Ferguson Video Star VHS top loading video player. Uh, My parents had that as a fucking wedding present. It lasted longer than their marriage. Uh, <laughs> it lasted 20 odd years, right? And it was only because we couldn't get it repaired anywhere. Yeah. I mean, it had been repaired a couple of times, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But there used to be a TV repair shop. Mm -hmm. Now there isn't. So yeah. they don't even make spare parts for stuff anymore. It's mad, isn't it? I mean, when I went to uni, which was what? I thought, never going back. Quite <laughs> <laughs> some time yeah. ago. 19 years ago. Fuck me, 19, that'll be 19 years, can it? Oh, when you went, yeah. When yeah. Went, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. I was 20. I took a year out after, a couple of years out after college. And we had a TV and it broke. The landlord demanded that we go and get it repaired at a TV shop. He wouldn't give us a new one. No. Yeah. yeah, he paid for it, like. Was it in with the, in with the gaff, was it? Mm. Was it even yeah. Like, yeah, right, okay. Yeah, it was fully furnished. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought only furniture. I thought TVs wouldn't come with the fully furnished. 
I suppose in some scenarios they've just gone, you know what, I've bought a new house with me partner or whatever and I'm just gonna my old house has still got all my shit in, I'm just move my personal stuff out, the furniture can stay there, I'll get more money. Yeah. We don't need another telly, we don't need another fridge, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was just for students, but yeah, it was fully finished. You demanded you got it fixed. Yeah, well yeah. Yeah, I said, um, the TV's gone. I said, Come over, you know, we're gonna get a new one and he said, No, 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 no. You gotta go and get it fixed. Give me the receipt and I'll pay for it. So that's fair enough. Yeah, it's fair enough, but it's like, but back then that's what you did, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't do that now, would but you? No, it's just unthinkable. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, uh, one example I got is, is the, um, I had a, a stereo, played five discs, I thought it was the fucking dog's bollocks, and on a little turntable, and uh-huh. spin round, that went, only plastic bearings, or plastic cogs, so I went, I took it to, I think it was like, oh, one of the main, Dixon's or Curry's, one of the electronic stores, you think because the high street TV shops are now gone would have a repairs thing that fix your laptop? Yeah, so, yeah. And he's like, to be honest, mate, be cheap if you buy a new one. But that's the problem, yeah. isn't it? You know. Yeah. That's a part of the problem, isn't it? And cars is the other big one. It's made very difficult for you to fix your own car. When before tinkering with your car at the weekend was a national pastime. You know, people would always be out working on their cars, wouldn't they? Changing parts. Now you can't even get into the fucking engine half the time. You open it up and it just looks like a load of plastic, yeah. isn't it? You're like, whoa. They make it as difficult as possible for you just to get in to change the bulbs on the headlights. Some cars you have to go from underneath. Huh. Yeah. You know, that was like the standard sort of thing you would do to your car. Is oh, my headlight bulb's gone. Oh, I can change that. Or I know someone that does yeah. know how to do that. Standard fix, isn't it? Yeah. Can't do that anymore. There's a bloke by me still driving round in his fucking Wellesley. It's a car from the 60s. It's fucking immaculate. It's like drove, driven out the showroom oh. on the day board. It is immaculate. But it must take him hours a fucking week to maintain it. I bet it's only the bodywork that's fucking natural on that thing now. I've been watching this video that repeats of an eagle in a car. It just gets stripped as he's driving along. And he hops out and he's back in the car again. It just repeats itself over and over again. lessons, my friend. Dead trippy. Sorry. So uh, companies can make use of all of the above or a combination of all four. The ultimate goal is to make you buy products again and again. And that is directly against what this website, Durability Matters, that's what they value. They value that. So let's take a closer look at how they would use these strategies. So contrived durability. If only all companies was interested in looking after their customers as they are with turning a profit, planned obsolescence would be obsolete. Contrived durability is the most common way for planned obsolescence to happen, and it's when parts break down intentionally. They actually just put shitty parts shitty in. Parts in. Yeah. yeah, like the phone batteries I was on about earlier. They're putting shitty batteries mm-hmm. in, and then you can't... Well, you've got to take it to a phone shop for them to take the phone apart or send it back to the manufacturer as opposed to just the old school ones where you flip the back off and put your own yeah. battery in again. Yeah. Now, with an iPhone, you take the back off it, it's out of warranty. <laughs> yeah. Because they're sealed units. The Samsungs have got a little bit more freedom. You can take the back off that, can't you? Yes. you got a Samsung, Claire. There are, you know, but then again, you, conveniently, your battery doesn't start going until your two-year warranty's gone. Yeah. yeah. Ain't stupid. So they're like, well, you know what, I'll just get it fucking resealed. I guess, what's it matter if I break the seal on it now? Send, send it off to the bloke of town who does it. Get it repaired. 
You know, your, your contract's up in two years, so you might as well just fucking get a new phone for free on anyway, haven't you? Yeah. So what do you do with your old phones? You either pass them along to someone or you bin it. So how often have you been in someone's garage or basement and seen one of those old fridges still working? Fairly often. Yeah. Yeah. New fridges, in most cases, do not last as long as the old ones, and there's a reason for that. Companies know that when your fridge dies, you'll buy a new one. There are many other examples where a product will break down, a consumer will buy a replacement, or often a slightly newer model. Unreliable parts are almost always to blame. That goes with cars, white goods. I mean, really, once you, you know, washing machine's a pretty simple thing. You've got a drum that spins and water comes in. Should be all rubber pipes and, and it's yeah. stainless steel. It shouldn't really because it'd be breaking. Should it? You should get years and years and years, years out, of out of it. Yeah, it's only a motor, isn't it? It's yeah. turning, turning that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so software updates. This is the big one nowadays. Yeah, so phones down yeah. Your printer doesn't work, and you have tried to update your drivers to get it to do something, but it still won't print. You search and you search and you'll find out that your printer is no longer compatible with your updated operating system. There is nothing to do but buy a new printer. <laughs> Software updates can drive consumers to throw out an old product and buy a new one. And of course printers also fall to unreliable parts. Mm. Yeah. Obviously the one coming later on, one of the examples is the false reading on the ink cartridges too. Yeah. Yeah. So think about your smartphone, works fine, you can call, text, use a bunch of apps, but after numerous updates, you find that your smartphone can't handle it all anymore. You may also find out the most recent software updates are no longer compatible with your phone, and then there's nothing for it other than to buy a new phone. I mean, Mike, you love um, Realm War, yeah. your game, isn't it, on the, on the phone? I love it, yeah. Yeah, he loved, I cannot stress to you how much Mike loves that game. <laughs> I went through a phase of loving it, now I'm yeah. onto World of Warship Blitz. <laughs> a lot better in my opinion I get to fight with dreadnoughts it's sweet but there come a point where that game will not work on your phone anymore mm -hmm. there's going to come a point mm -hmm. and it's coming towards you rapidly yeah what are you going to do Mike just jack off more probably uh, <laughs> I'll be forced to buy anyone get, get, get you a tablet you can still keep the phone uh, yeah. uh, then he's going to get a newer tablet though mm -hmm. well have you already got a tablet no no, I haven't got a tablet. I've got a tablet, but I keep it on my bed as well. I watch porn on. <laughs> it never moves from the side of the bed. That's all it is. It's the porn tablet. It's just wiped clean. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. Well, why watch it on my phone? I've got a bigger screen. It's not a new tablet. It's like a hand-me-down one, so it's like not up to date. I don't just second buy second-hand jizz tablet. I don't just buy my second. I just don't get my jizz tablets for, for brand new. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to like, cast me off to the dad. Yeah. <laughs> I hope not, I'd have me dad. <laughs> <laughs> it comes with a case. It's just encrusted in <laughs> No, it's got one of them cases where I can prop it up. Palms <laughs> way. Uh, so, yeah, software updates. Many otherwise good products fall victim to software updates. And companies know exactly what they are doing with this. Windows especially. Oh, oh, Windows mm. updates. Oh. Fucking Bill Gates. Fuck you, Bill Gates. He Actually. knows what he's doing, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. So then you've got perceived obsolescence. One of the most common forms of planned obsolescence is clever marketing. 
There does not even need to be anything wrong with your product for you to want to replace mm -hmm. it. And this happens a lot with smartphones. It's no wonder that an updated model comes out every year. So you need, everybody needs four cameras on the back of the phone, mm -hmm. don't they? Yeah, it's true though, isn't it? Yeah. I've got three. I've got three. I've got two. Sorry, I've got two. Well, I've got two. I'm not on the uh, the latest iPhone. No, I didn't get that. I haven't got the four. It's peer pressure, isn't it? I don't need four cameras. I never. I only take pictures of the fucking dog. <laughs> I'm not a person who's on Instagram all the time. <laughs> I, I fell victim to this planned obsolescence with my Note Three. You love that well, Note that, Three. That, that Samsung Note Three. It just started just being so sluggish. It was sort of like, Ugh! Mm. It really pissed me off. So I, I have upgraded, and I'm just loving the new cameras. So you know, I sort of love it in the same token as it, it's a bad thing, but it's a, it's a good thing as well. Do you feel that your life's slightly more complete now? <laughs> now I can take macro shots and, and super slow mo of bees oh on my, my little flowers. Oh, but see, she's brought the bloody garden into it again. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you've set your phone up overnight with a sl super slow mo capture to watch flowers opening at dawn, haven't you? Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> I bet my phone could do it as well. <laughs> so you the note, the note couldn't, could it? Yeah, you, know? you couldn't even put little reactions on messages mm -hmm. in the pod group. I had to write laugh out loud all the time. <laughs> but with you having kids, you'd know about the peer pressure side of it. Yeah. Well, none of them wanted my old Samsung notes. They were like, oh, my phone's perceived better. Perceived obsolescence. My 10-year-old. <laughs> it works, doesn't it? Yeah. So it's only perceived obsolescence. He perceives it in society as not worthy. Yeah. As obsolete. He's not worthy. It's not worthy. <laughs> You also have to contend with phones which have a bigger screen, they're more powerful, they have a longer battery life, they're waterproof, they can do more, they have cooler cases, they can take more video, they have voice control and they're packed with AI. Sure, your phone can do everything which you need it to, but can it do what everyone else's phone can do? Well, the marketing gurus will tell you otherwise, won't they? Of course. You need these four cameras. Damn it, you need them! Yeah. The only purpose of them is to create demand for their product by manipulating... The consumer. It's the fear of missing out, isn't it? Yeah. That's all. That's all advertising is. It is selling you fear. It's yeah. fear of not having their products. Fear of not having the mm -hmm. latest thing. Fear of not having these hundred and fifty pounds worth of trainers that are absolutely no different from any other type of train you'll ever buy. They're made in the same factory as the ones you get on the market. Yeah. <laughs> this whole society is built on fear, mate. Of course, you know, so advertising is fear. It is yeah. the whole. That's the whole thing about it. I imagine a civilization built on love. Have I got to carry that newborn lamb around all the fucking <laughs> yeah. time while soothing music plays from speakers on my back? Yeah. That sounds a bit shitty then. <laughs> I'll take the fear, thank you. What the lamb shits on my arm? I don't want that. You'll learn to love the shit. <laughs> I don't want lamb, don't lamb shit on my arm all the time. And what happens when it gets fucking big and turns into a sheep? Have we got to get a lead for it? Can I still carry it? I mean, you slaughter it and eat it. Oh, right, that's oh. okay. No, they'd be vegans, would, would we? Oh, yeah, we would, yeah. Oh, I'm not going for that, then. Can't let the cows, pigs and sheep take over. That's what'll happen if we all become vegan. About all these lamb mothers chasing everybody around. Yeah, you're taking <laughs> you're taking the lambs away from their mothers. Did you think you can take them into a war zone? I don't see a problem. <laughs> <laughs> right, oh, the last one is prevention of repair, which is what we've touched on already. But if you own an Apple smart device, 
and you know how hard it can be to repair or replace a part. While this is done for security, Apple does not want inferior parts that they don't make to void warranties or damage devices, it also falls under prevention of repair. Even if you want to replace a battery in an Apple device, you may find yourself needing special tools just to <laughs> unscrew screws, making it hard for users to replace parts, and it can be even more difficult to repair devices. When it does come to finding a professional to repair the device for you, it can often be more cost-effective to replace the product entirely. To make phones thinner, you may not even be able to access a battery to replace it. And while this can improve your performance and look of a phone, you will eventually find your device stuck with an aging battery that cannot handle the fully functioning phone. Lowered battery performance and prevention of repair often go hand in hand because obtaining a new battery is rarely a choice and replacing the entire device is often the solution. Prevention of repair is definitely not something to think about when purchasing any product. And that's very true. I've got some good definitely news something on this. Not not something. I've got some good news mm -hmm. on this. There's a law coming in this summer. It's called the Rights to Repair Law. Ooh. Ministers have confirmed that consumers will have the right to re repair and try and Good. elongate the life of things in a bid to sort of meet, you know, carbon emissions, mm. green, you good, know. Good, good, good. Long overdue. Also because cars, for example, will go, solve the problem. will go up dramatically in price because of tariffs from the EU, where we buy most of our cars from, it'll be cheaper to repair your own than buy a new one. Well, manufacturers will legally be obligated to make spare parts for products available to consumers for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. If you solve the problem, they're still going to do it, but they're going to let you repair it now. Get me. They can still make it a ball eight to repair, yeah, exactly. couldn't they? Of course, yeah. and you've got to know what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, we've got, there's an entire generation of men who have got no idea how to tinker with their car because they've never had to. Yeah. You know, there's all right, There's a few people about who can still play around. Our friend Chris is pretty good. Mm. But, you know, it's like, I don't know, I wouldn't know where to start. My dad wouldn't know where to start. Mm. In this rule as well, they've also got a like um, give you like an instruction sort of parts manual and tell you ah, how it works and all sorts. Interesting. Then. So you're basically going to get your haze manual, which is going to have the exploded diagrams where everything fits in. You know all that shap that usually comes with your TV, your new whatever. You know it comes with like loads of pieces of paper. You chuck them all away, don't you? It's yeah. Like the warranty. You're like ah, oh, keep that one, and then you, you dash that in the in the cupboard. Don't you? I didn't chuck the manuals away. Keep don't them. you? Do you read them. No, I don't read them, I put them in the bottom drawer for it, just in case something goes wrong. Well, it'll be in that, won't it? Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, but it's still, they could just make phones last forever. Your battery's always going to degrade over time. They can make batteries that can last for... Yeah, they can, but they're still gonna, it's still going to degrade over time. The moment you play Realm War, yours is going to degrade over time. Yeah. <laughs> the moment I play World of Warships, it's going to degrade. <laughs> they can make it last longer than two years, Yes, saying. and it is always stranger nowadays you have a two-year contract, which is just in time for your phone to start getting just that little bit slower, noticeably. Mm -hmm. Strange, that. Yeah. All right, so let's give some examples. We've got seven. But I like that repair law. That's great. Yeah, yeah. It's a start. Yeah. It is a certainly start. Well, you know... They're aiming to extend the lives of, of products by an extra 10 years. Good. Exactly. And there is an environmental side to that because literally the stuff is just thrown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's rare earth metals that we've got to use child slave labour mostly to get out of the ground. Well, what else would they be doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> it's terrible. 
No, I mean, you know, these kids are getting poisoned, digging like carbon out of the ground and stuff like that. The best of it is, though, to make these batteries, right, here's an interesting fact. So an electric car, let's take an electric car as an example. It's got like 1,200 laptop batteries in it, basically. Mm -hmm. So all that carbon is mined out of the ground in somewhere like Africa, by kids mainly, who get really sick from it. It's then transported to, like, China, where it's put into a battery. It's made into the basic shell of the battery. Yeah. It's then taken by ship to, like, somewhere like Norway, where the batteries are finalised, put into the... And then it's taken to the chassis builder, so it goes to the car factory, which, let's say, is in France, and is then exported for sale across the world. Now, that's... yeah, and Oh, yeah, but your cars are more environmentally friendly. It's not kicking out the emissions... It's been halfway around the world before you've even driven it off the forecourt. Exactly. And the amount of carbon used to do that is probably going to negate any cost to you actually you know, using a fucking electric car. Mm. Yeah, they could do with At least you aren't getting, sorry, Claire, but at least you aren't getting the noxious gases that are poisoning us. Oh, I love the smell of leaded petrol in the morning. <laughs> I think they could make it a bit, you know, the the building of these cars a little bit more streamlined, you know. Why, why aren't they build, building them in every country? Mm -hmm. It's just a definition of labour and skilled workforce, isn't it? We've got, China's... Move, we've got to move towards a, a new way of thinking. It's not, you know, if we're lacking jobs in our country, there's lots, lots of, I think if we, if we provided the cars that we needed for this country... That yeah, was, I see where you're coming from. But then you don't, you're looking at state ownership then, aren't you? Which has been tried and didn't go well in terms of the car industry anyway. I remember the Rover was state owned at one point. That was all right, didn't it? No, it went under horribly. When it... right. <laughs> <laughs> they made really bad cars. <laughs> Did they? I thought Rovers were considered... No, no, Rovers are terrible cars. Are they? Yeah, they are. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's why... Why did everyone used to drive one then? Because they were cheap. Oh, OK. And they were British made. And oh. people used to like having them. My dad, on the other hand, always bought, a, always bought a Japanese car. Because they were more reliable. That was the thing. Japanese cars were considered a lot more reliable, but they were expensive. Your Rovers and your British Leylands... Them are the ones you were tinkering with every week because they used to go fucking wrong all the time. Everyone used to fucking have one. I'm telling you, my, movers, um, they? yeah, I mean, in the 80s, everywhere, so yeah, there was, they, they were, they were that bad. They, used, they always used to come with, I always remember, they used to come with a strip of wood mm. on the dash for no other reason than to try and add a bit of class. <laughs> and my uncle had a fucking beige Austin princess, <laughs> everything in that car was beige, yeah. it was horrific. I think he wrote it off. <laughs> That's actually a surprise, <laughs> and things didn't move fast enough to write off, <laughs> but. You know, so Britain on a cold day would echo, the morning it would echo to the sound of cars failing to start because the damp from the previous night had got into the engine and you'd got to really sort of really turn it over mm -hmm. to get... Whereas the Japanese cars are much better built with better parts and they just start every time. Yeah. You know, that was the end for the British car industry at the end mm -hmm. of the day. We didn't make very... We made really good looking cars. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Trial Spitfires and the Stag and the... No, the TR7 was shit. The TR6 was amazing and beautiful looking. A lot of them Italian designed by Pin and Farina, who designed Ferraris. We made some really great sports cars, but the engines weren't fantastic. Mm. That was the issue, so... I'm saying we've got to cut down 
the emissions it oh, costs yeah. to make each car. That's surely. it. Yeah, as, as well as making them electric and eco-friendly. Yeah. Yeah. The, the problem is, is that you need the carbon to make the batteries, and that's not every country has carbon deposits. So they've got it's going to be mined in, let's say, Africa. Where it is now. I don't think it's carbon, is it's lithium. Lithium, it? sorry, it's some battery making component anyway. Mm. You know, I'm not a battery maker, that was my dad. <laughs> you know, teach you nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't, funnily enough. But even like uranium, like, you want uranium, go to Australia, they've got the biggest deposits of it. All the uranium in the world pretty much comes from Australia. I'd imagine the same with that, with the minerals of the batteries, they've got in mind in mm. specific countries where the deposits are. And then if you get children to do it, well, you're not paying them much. Then you send to China, you're not paying them much. You're probably spending more on shipping fees than you are on labour up to this point yeah. until it's actually assembled into a car. Yeah, this whole system's sick, isn't it? Exploits people. That's it. Profit. Still, better than serfdom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course. All right, so let's let's get, at least we've evolved. Yeah. All right, let's have a look at the examples you've got here. So slowed down iPhones, Apple seem to be the main uh, culprits for this. Because everything Apple is like trendy and smart, in it? It's like, look at this, it's like a fashion thing as well. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I just use it because it's really simple. That's mm-hmm. my preferred choice of software. You can use one, some one thing that's Apple, you can use everything that's Apple. Yeah. That's what I don't like about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I like Android. Fair enough. Choose, you know. You can do more with an Android. Admittedly, you can you can stream like movies from torrent sites and all sorts, which the iPhone won't let you do. Mm. You know, you may have people at work. Oh, I've just been watching this on my phone while I'm on my break, and I'm like, are you watching that? And oh, I used to find the movie site, and you can do it. You put it on my iPhone, and you go to. The movie sites, not the streaming, the ones that have it. Sorry, the streaming sites, not the ones that the torrents. Fair enough. And you can do it that way. All oh, right. Well, at the time, mm-hmm. you couldn't. So, in 2018, French prosecutors went after the company. Under French law, it is a crime to intentionally shorten the lifespan of a product. As a result, Apple had to pay a 27 million dollar fine, an amount that they make in around three hours. Oh. Wow. Apple admitted you under you understand why they don't they don't bother because the fines are so pitiful. Yeah. Yeah. No just, one's going to prison over this. No. They've just lost three hours money. Yeah. That's like you know taking half a day off work unpaid. <laughs> yeah, I can start. I can handle four hours. I can take four hours. There's no accountability, is there? No. No, that's the thing. And especially when they admitted that older iPhones were slowed down through software updates. Although they claim this was because of diminishing battery performance rather than software, many iPhone users shared details of their phones being too slow to use. As a result, Apple slashed the prices of its replacement batteries so the phones would speed up with the new software and pledged to do more in the future to ensure the phones would not slow down again. Oh, well, that's it. We've got their word. Well, hallelujah, all our problems are solved. (laughs) (laughs) Apple have said it's fine, and they've cut the price of its replacement batteries. It's probably cost, I don't know, a tenner to make, and they're selling it to you for, I don't know, 80, 90 quid. So they've gone, all right, we'll cut it to 70. They're still making, like, 60 quid on it. 27 million pounds in three hours, Jesus. I don't think there's professional footballers who make that. No. (laughs) And some, was it Beckham was on something ridiculous like 10 quid a minute or something like that at one point? 
Oh, or no. 10 quid every 15 minutes it's or insane, something like that. insane, isn't it? Yeah. When he went to LA, he was on a ridiculous amount of money. I mean, he did donate a lot of it, but he was still on a lot of money. Protected ink cartridges. One of the most frustrating things in life, this is, yeah. when your printer cartridge goes. So printers often go on sale, you get a fantastic deal. But how good is that deal? Did you know that a replacement ink cartridge can cost more than the printer itself? In some cases, I guess, yes, if you buy the official... If you get a really good deal on a basic printer for your home, I've seen printers, 45 quid, you know, what basic, stick the paper in the top and it feeds it through and it goes across. 45 quid, probably, 60 maybe. Yeah. It's got four cartridges. Mm. I'll guarantee you that the cartridges will die before the printer and then you want to buy the, you got to buy the Epson cartridges, let's say. Then that's, I don't know, probably about fucking 60 quid for the set. Yeah, I was going to say, for the black and for the... Yeah. Three colours, yeah. It's ridiculous. And then that's going to go every month, every couple of months. Depends on how much you get. You know, if you're doing your kids' homework on it, you know, they all wanted it typed mm -hmm. out, they wanted it printed out. Well, that's a lot of money then. Mm -hmm. all the, the black cartridges are always more expensive because they're the biggest. Because everyone uses more black ink than anything. And of course, there are even some ink cartridges with smart chips that will disable the ink cartridge when the ink levels are low. Fuck. This means you may not get to use all of the ink that you have paid for. Even though there may be enough ink to print, the cartridge will not let you. Apparently, that's an effort to maintain quality control. Uh, give me the old dot matrix, as I say. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, fucking I remember them. The print, the, the paper with the holes in the sides. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Hmm. You can also find that some cartridges cannot be refilled and others can only be refilled with certain ink or by certain retailers. With so much going into manufacturing each ink cartridge and so much waste, these products are not only expensive, they are awful for the environment too. Yeah, mine wouldn't run out of black and then it wouldn't let me print anything up, even at all. Even with, I've still got the colours full. Yeah. So if you changed your font to, I don't know, let's say blue, it wouldn't let you print so, out in yeah, blue. No, no, sorry, no. the black, black ink thing's gone. Mm -hmm. No, I, I need the black one just to know it's there, then I might work. <laughs> mm. Cunts. Yeah. I just don't bother with them anymore. I just go down the library, print them up there, or a friend's house. There's always some friend with a, with a printer. With a printer. For a certain amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> How many sheets you doing? <laughs> I bought my own paper. <laughs> mm. Alright then, so we're back from that little break. If you can hear the background, Mister, we have the added ambiance of the rain falling on a, in a British summertime. Oh, we're recording this on July 4th as well, aren't we? So, happy treason day, you ungrateful colonials. Uh, I love you, really. I actually watched America the Motion Picture the other night on Netflix. It's an animated cartoon about the founding of America. Yeah. If that was real, America would be a lot cooler. <laughs> George Washington has, like, chainsaw things that come out of his sleeves. What? Yeah. Chain fists. Chain fists, yeah. Wow. They come out of his, his coat sleeves and he's like... Vroom. He's got two of them. <laughs> he's dicing people up and he plays... The National Anthem of America in that movie is um, Freebird. Oh, and he plays it on the guitar before the big battle. Oh, yeah. then it's skinned. Yeah. It's awesome. So the next one on this list is actually not digital. 
which is what I never thought of because immediately mm. when you think of this you go to your electronics and your digital and phones toes. it's modified textbooks could be digital though you can get them on the Kindle can't you oh true yes true so you may imagine that planned obsolescence only ever applies to technology but that is not the case if you have been in school you know how much textbooks can cost they are fucking expensive Loads. There are many courses where the reading requirement is a textbook that is highly specialised and costly. Now, it would be easier to complete the course and resell your textbook, but that would, of course, cut down on profits for authors and publishers. To stop this, textbooks are often reprinted with small changes, often skewing the page numbers when compared to the previous issue. This means that students are forced to buy these new copies instead of purchasing a second-hand one. And of course, newer editions means previous versions of the textbook are obsolete and forces students yeah. to pay for the new ones. It isn't just textbooks. The comedian Dave Gorman. Mm. I did Google Whack. Yes. Yeah. Do you ever, anyone used to watch uh, Modern Life is Goodish? No. It was a series no. on Dave. Dave I liked Channel. it. I thought it was quite good. He doesn't really do it for me. Oh, I like him. He's quite clever. He's clever. I've read his yeah. book. I read the Google Back book before I saw the live show. Mm. The book was I thought was better, as I always do in this scenario. So, but anyway, they uh, they were having a kid or someone they knew, and they bought them a book about baby names. Yeah. And it was like uh, new baby names, twenty nineteen, and someone else had bought them another book which is twenty nineteen updated or something like that. All right. There's like seven new names on it or something. Is that it? Yeah. It's like, how can you call that update? It's ridiculous. Well, someone's gonna, so someone's gonna buy that thinking, oh, now they've got some, must have a load more names in this. Oh, I never thought about calling my daughter Khaleesi before. <laughs> then. Oh wow, I didn't realize that was in the baby names list. Mm. Yeah, maybe I will call my daughter Khaleesi, and then she'll hate me for the rest of my life. When, yeah. I, when I was studying, I often would go to the library. Sometimes they had like old books, or buy the old book online. Yeah. And then go on to Google Books, it shows you like, it, sometimes you can see a few chapters mm. and then just take a quote or take, you know, some information out there. So it looks like you've read the whole brand no. new book <laughs> and then just slap that in as a reference through your, uh, your essay. <laughs> mm. That's how I cheapskated around a couple of, you know, a couple of things uh, when I was studying. Well, yeah, I mean... I remember textbooks for college when I went and we're talking, oh my God, like 2000 and, or two, 1999 I left school, so two, I was in college in 99. You were looking 15 quid for a textbook then. Mm. So what is it now? And apparently the American colleges, you're talking hundreds of dollars for the textbooks you need. Yeah. It's a scam. But half of them you don't read or they don't make any mention of. You've just got to read around the subject. Mm, required reading. Isn't it? It's like, oh, we're not going to mention this, but you should probably know about it, so you need to read this book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, next one is fast fashion, but low quality clothes. Primark? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So fashion trends change quickly, so we need fast fashion to keep up, or Depeche Mode, if you want to be uh, French. Fast fashion. Yeah. Unfortunately, fast fashion brands are not leaders when it comes to changing styles. They are followers. They keep track of popular clothing choices and bring to market those fashions while they're still in style. This means they could be thrown in the market with these clothes a couple of weeks after a fashion begins trending. The problem is with this, 
To bring these clothes quickly to market, there have to be sacrifices. The clothes may be affordable, they're almost certainly low quality, and have a detrimental effect on the people who are making them and the environment. So yeah, you're in a Vietnamese sweatshop, you die at work, you've been paid a penny a day, they just throw you in the pot of soup. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. And everyone eats that. I try and get around this by going to second-hand stores. Yeah, charity shops. Yeah. Way forward. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I haven't. I have no issue with charity shops. Yeah. I bought a pair of Levi's at a charity shop for two pound fifty once. Yeah. I bought a pair of underwear in this one. The man died in them. Yeah, then you kept it and sniffed it. And you... <laughs> I was just about to say no skidders or socks. Yeah. You know, got, yeah. To, got to draw the line somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. T-shirts and jeans. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cardigans, shoes. Zeke, cardigan, cardigan. <laughs> Anyone ever remember Victor Mel drew one foot in the grave? Yeah. Yeah. There's an episode where he looks in the paper for some second-hand shoes. Yeah. And there's an ad in there, and he's like, "Oh, they perfect." Phones up, goes there, and she's like, "Yeah, my husband they just died a few hours ago." And he walks in, and he's still there with the shoes on. <laughs> Takes them off. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> Victor Meldrew? Guy's <laughs> dead in the chair, he's selling his shoes. I'll <laughs> pay for a crack. <laughs> like an old woman. Oh, fucking hell. But to me, to me, that seems doubt of looking in the paper to look for some second hand shoes. It shows that things have moved on. Mm. I mean, I wear my shoes till they literally break apart under me. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I refuse to buy. When they new... start leaking. That's it. Then they go. Oh no! I can give them a couple more months. Depends on. <laughs> depends if it's winter or not. If it's, it's summer. If it's it's winter, they go. If it's summer, it's like oh, I can get around this for another few, few couple of months at least. Saying that as it's pissing it down. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. Nah, I've like, never been a follower of fashion. I'm a hoodie and joggers guy. You know, jeans. If I have to go, if I go out, that's only because it's not socially acceptable to wear your jogging bottoms to the pub unless you're a chav, and I'm not a chav. So it's jeans in the pub. Well, I'm reliant on some um, women that have got more money than sense, so I can buy my orthotic shoes at a fraction of the cost <laughs> on eBay. Nice. Yeah. And your cardigans. And my cardigans. <laughs> but it's still, it's still, you, you know, keeping something going, isn't it? You know, because yeah. these, these women, they've had them knocking around in their closets or shoe racks for ages, and it's still recycling, isn't it? Of course. Yeah, I don't see an issue with charity shops. I think mean, it's a great idea. And the reuse, recycle places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've also once brought a nice pair of Dr. Martins, yeah, and the guy had worn them in so so well, I'd consider sending him all my shoes. <laughs> for, for a month or so. <laughs> oh, please. I've got some Dr. Martins you can send, you can send him. Yeah. I'm lovely. Yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's a valid point because let's face it, the uh, sweatshop labour is fucking terrible and every single major clothing line uses it. I mean, Nike have been in trouble for it before now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's the sort of thing. It shouldn't be allowed you fair wage for for fair work at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, what about cars then? Yeah, you touched they're, on that before, didn't you? Because they're becoming more computerised now as well, as well as the uh, not letting you get get into the engine to work on it. So there's many ways that automakers use planned obsolescence and it's no coincidence they bring out a new model almost every year, yeah. which they do. 
older your model of car, the less likely you are to find the parts needed to repair it. And this is often down to the manufacturer discontinuing the part. So this is where you have to go to scrapyards and use potentially shittier parts than you would get from the garage or because you can't get them anymore. What both my sisters are starting to do now is they hire purchase a car, brand new for a year. Yeah. Right. And then once that year's over, do the same with the new one. And of course, if it gets smashed up, it's just replaced, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's higher purchase, isn't it? So, although they rent it, I think, I'm not sure. I'll just be renting it. But yeah, so actually own the car. Yeah, and of course, what do they trade it in for? <laughs> if they like, let's say, for example, your elder sister had a VW Golf. Like a bit of a sport, sporty thing. You know, they got some oomph to them. A bit of a hot hatch. And you say, oh, you know what? My year's up. I'll have the faster, ver I'll have the better version of that car. I love that car. I'll have the better, yeah. have the new version of it, please. Yeah. What's happening to that old car when it's being sold off or it's being scrapped, isn't it? It's a liability, liability isn't it? Car, no. Why? Why is it? When you buy it, it's just. Because as soon as you buy it, it loses half its value. Yeah. Instantly. 10 grand just by driving it off the forecourt in most cases. And it's difficult to get repairs. Does it get well, I think, I think that's how, well maybe they're coming undone a little bit with the, the likes of 3D printers, you know. Yeah. And with this law that's just come in, if they've got us like, you know, put the manual out there of how to fix it and, and how to take things apart, 3D printers could really, yeah. you know, help with a lot of this. Yeah, and if garages can 3D print parts, that would be even better. I mean, the REF are 3D printing engine parts at the moment. That means I'm going to keep in stock just the materials to make them. Exactly. When that gets into, I mean, it's getting into privately owned hands nowadays. I know in the in the Warhammer community pages on Facebook, <coughs> there's loads of guys who 3D print models. You know, yeah. Games Workshop has actually come out and said you can't use them in a tournament, you know. Uh. It's not official. It's not an official model. Yeah. Every times have changed. He's mm. love that shit. Mm. You know, if you can 3D print a car part there and then in the garage, it's going to revolutionise everything when that starts creeping its way into even you know, private hands. Yeah. When 3D printers, I mean, what, what can I make with it? Is it just plastics? I mean, what? That's the thing. I mean, plastic based, isn't it? Yeah, at the moment, I think, yeah. yeah. They make houses out of it. True. You could knock an extension up, couldn't I? Yeah. And you've got the base material. So, it's, you know, that's going to be... It's cheaper to buy the material. Then, is the material going to last? Or if I need to reprint a new fucking outside wall in a couple of years' time? Could they make the, the 3D printers, like, run carbon fibre through it? Because that looks sort of plasticky, doesn't it? It's a man-made so, thing, so... I'm, I'm not... I need something I need to look at, actually, is 3D printer stuff. Yeah, because if you're making car parts, you want them to be super... They've got, they've got to be durable, haven't they? They've got to take temperature, because you, you, it's an internal combustion engine. It's a series of explosions contained within an engine of a car. Yeah. Which, when you explain a car working that way, it's mental. Mm. Like, I'm causing a series of manageable explosions to propel myself forward. That's yeah. all the metal tubes and everything that's, you know... That's got to take the, got to take the punishment, down. it? It's got to take the temperatures, the pressure, everything. Yeah. And so the older your model of car, the less likely you are to find the parts needed to repair it. So many newer models, the ones that come in the yearly cycles, give you not much more than cosmetic updates. They often change parts year on year, even if those parts work great, because that would mean more available parts for older models and they will not be able to tempt you with the newer models. 
There's also the idea that cars are fashion accessories and people will buy a newer model, not because it's better, but because it will make them look better. Thank you, marketing. <laughs> there are many types of planned obsolescence used by car manufacturers and each new model uses a lot of our resources for not much more functionality. And used cars are not seen as fashionable or cool, but they do reduce the use of resources. Cars lose a lot of their value, so as soon as they leave the lot, why would you want to pour your cash down the drain with a new car when you can buy a perfectly good used car? As a lot of people buy, well, I think most people do buy, not many people buy new cars every year anymore. It used to be a thing, my dad would do it. He'd buy a new car every year, every two years. Yeah. You can save quite a bit of money. You can pick yourself up a nice, you know, motor for fifteen hundred, two thousand pounds. In comparison to a, you know, a new motor, fifteen thousand pounds. I don't think you don't even think you get much for fifteen grand nowadays off the forecourt. I mean, maybe something like a Kia. Yeah, twenty. Or you know, you're not getting like you can buy a second-hand Merc that was a rep car that was top of the line five years ago for like fifteen hundred quid. Yeah. You know, it's done a lot of miles, but it's a top of the line Merc. You're gonna get a few years out of it. And yeah, I mean, it's, it makes sense to buy used, to be honest. My dad was just a funny fucker. Like to have a new car. Well, the mechanics told me mine will go up to like 250,000 miles. You know, I've got a BW Turan. It's on like 130 at the moment. And your dad buys a new car for status. Yeah, probably. Oh. Mine's definitely not for state. <laughs> <laughs> Until the kids are grown up, and then you're gonna have you'll be convertible. <laughs> yeah, people people dust themselves off when they get out of my car. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, what's the next one then? Unrepairable consumer electronics. Again, we go back to the fridges. We go back to the Ferguson video, VHS video player. Mm -hmm. Such a massive part of my childhood that video player. <laughs> So we've talked about electronics that are hard to repair and with especially inaccessible batteries. And when you look at doing it yourself, it's next to impossible with some devices and manufacturers have a second trick up their sleeves. When you've got to have a device repaired or a part replaced, more specifically the battery, the repair or replacement is often priced a little lower than a new unit, making it hard not to throw the device away and upgrade to a new one. Now many batteries have a, life, a set life cycle helping to prevent fires when the battery wears down. The combination of all these points means that you might will eventually have to replace your battery, and when you do, it might just be easier to upgrade. Yeah, mm -hmm. throw away society. Yeah, it's, it's tragic. Now, light bulbs is a favorite of yours, and it might, you oh, said yeah. this before, that Edison, the first light bulb ever made is still burning. I don't know if it's the first one ever made, but there's one in a fire station somewhere in America, been burning since 1901. Jesus, so not far off. Yeah, because they worked out how to make light bulbs last pretty much forever. Well, it'll just be the the width of the the filament, won't it? If you make the filament yeah. a little bit thicker. Mm -hmm. Could be that. <coughs> I don't know exactly, but yeah. Oh, you think about it. The Edison made it. He's looking at this idea to sell, but the idea wasn't there to like. Hey, every home in the country's gonna have one of these. That and then everyone in the world. That's enough for me. Kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. Because that would have made him rich beyond his wildest dreams as it was. Now, of course, the greed that goes on now is like, well, all right, he's invented this light, but it lasts forever. We need to make it so they need constantly need new ones. That's what they did. They literally got in a room the heads of all these like four major companies made yeah. light bulbs, and they conspired to set a limit on how long the light bulb will last. 
So, oh, so we'll make it this, it's seven. just over a millimetre wide, and then yeah. after X amount of hours, yeah. it's likely to burn out, so then they'll have to buy a new one. Yeah. Pretty much, it's got X amount of thousand hours life. That's how long the filament's going to last. Every time you change the light bulb, remember that over 100 years ago, they made it so you wouldn't have to do that. Yeah. yeah, remember that every time, which is a fucking thankless task. I hate changing light bulbs. It is a, one of my most hated jobs around the fucking house, especially when it's just burned out and I always forget it's still hot and to turn it and I burn mean, my hand. The LED ones are better, along that last long night. Oh, yeah, this is the point. So, we are slowly moving towards LED bulbs and the realm of long lasting bulbs. But did you know that the old bulbs were originally long lasting? Well, they're not anymore, and that's because of money. Ching, yeah. ching, ching, motherfucker. Mm. Thomas Edison's original light bulbs still illuminate 100 years after they were made, but that's not profitable for modern day manufacturers. By creating bulbs in a short lifespan, you have to keep coming back for more. That's it. Yeah. It's the big companies, isn't it? You know, longer lasting bulbs may cost you a little more, but they will save you money in the long run. Invest in a durable solution, especially those from reputable manufacturers, and turn off your lights when you're not using them. <laughs> Unless I was always telling me that as a kid. Yep. It's not Blackpool. Mm. Yeah, it's not Blackpool Illuminations. Mm. Oh, God, did you guys get that as well? Yeah. yeah. I say it to my kids. They yeah. haven't even seen Blackpool Illuminations. <laughs> yeah. like, what's she talking about? They're <laughs> <laughs> taking a bio. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, yeah. There's one a bit closer to home as well. Warsaw. Warsaw Arbitorium. I've been there. Uh, I was Blackpool, but a bit yeah. nearer. So the, it's because of these big companies, isn't it? And talking of big companies, I watched a YouTube video this week about um, Taylor and McDonald's. Right. So they're the Taylor make the ice cream machines. The McFlurries. The McFlurries and your milkshakes, yeah. Oh, I do love a McDonald's milkshake. And McDonald Corporate says to all its franchisees, you've got to buy this machine. So you know, you, your hands are sort of tied, you mm -hmm. know, you want to open a franchise that's of a McDonald's, you, you buy that machine and you kit it out with what McDonald's say you can. Well, Taylor are getting 25% of their revenue on fixing their own, you know, ice cream machines. Mm -hmm. Oh, so they're making them deliberately shit? Yeah. And then, uh, and then they've got, obviously, in the contract, they must have a contract with the McDonald's Corporation that says... We, you you only buy our McFlurry machines, our milkshake machines, yeah. and we're going to make them bad. And every time you they break, they, you, they, you they have to call up, us. They flash up a code, and the managers, you know, because they're not trained, you know, tailor experts, they, you know, have to call the guy. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, this causes a lot of tears across the USA every every day kids going oh I can't I can't put my flurry oh. so a guy's put like a website together and actually you can like you know tell people like go on it and say it's broken this one today at this this store yeah so, and he's worked out that 15% of them at any one time across the US are broken and when you think of the amount of McDonald's that is yeah. in the US I mean I read somewhere it was a while back so it might be outdated now or they've actually managed to do it, where they said that no American is more than 15 minutes away from a McDonald's. Fuck. Yeah. And I can believe that. Maybe not in the more rural yeah, areas. Not Montana. You know, not if you're living in on, on the old <laughs> fucking on a ranch somewhere. <laughs> but maybe, hey, the nearest town, there's a Mac's. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. So 15% of them. Yeah. Now, if you were 
packets, wouldn't you be going? These ice cream machines are a bit substandard, or the codes on them, yeah. uh, you know, not telling our managers what they need to do. Because sometimes it can be they've just left too much milkshake mm. in the machine when it goes through its cleaning cycle. You might have to take mm. a few cups out because it only needs a certain amount, and it sterilises itself. The whole machine does. Mm. So the you know, I think the franchisees should come together and. and against McDonald's and yeah. Taylor's and get a lawsuit personally. Yeah, I mean, if you're making... you del- if it's, That is like just a cynical ploy for... Yeah, they've got monopoly, haven't they? Yeah. It's, but that's the thing that's written into so many deals nowadays. We have these things that work, vertical storage machines. They constantly break. Our engineers at work are only allowed to do so much. Mm. If there's a code, certain code flashes up, they have to ring up the Cardex helpline. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, you need an engineer for that. There's one who's an hour and a half away. These guys are all over the country. Mm. They do not travel around the West Mids fixing these things. They might do three, three four machines a day. But oh. it's all written into the contract, isn't it? That's where they're making a shitload of money. It's like the aftercare. You can't have these complicated things, like the, the McFloy makers, the, the most. They're complicated machines. You can't just have them like so any Tom, Dick and Harry can repair them. You, you want the... It's, it's got to be our engineer. Yeah, but for like either food safety or in your case, mm-hmm. uh, it would be you know health and safety, wouldn't it? We don't want them, you know anything. And it's fulfillment of orders. And, 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 you know, it falling over. It's that's fulfillment of orders. If there's like a shitload of stock in the one shuttle that goes down, we can't do anything until that's come, mm-hmm. until that's working. So it all has to be either to followed, which costs us more, has to be repicked, or we lose money on it. Well, there's a guy that's made this like little driver that clicks onto the side of the McFlurry machine and flashes up its own code, and he he sends out a little manual with it, and it'll just tell you what it what what's wrong, you know. Oh, even better. Uh, but then McDonald's corporates got involved, saying, "Oh, you know, you can't do this." Mm. No, we've got a contract. Yeah, so it's it's all got a bit messy, but mm. that's planned obsolescence and its finest. That, that, well, yeah. Biggest, isn't it? And of course, when they bring it a new one, every single McDonald's has got to get that machine, which could cost them thousands. Exactly. Taking money out of the franchise um, owner's pocket. Yeah. And the only then, thing I think of is the directors at McDonald's or something, they get in a bit of that cash for every time they repair a machine. Or one of their sons works for that company yeah, on the board. On the board, yeah. Something like that. There's got to be some some benefit for both sides. I mean, it can't be just because it's the best machine. There's got to be something else that'd do it. Oh, no, the the guy that was doing this, like, documentary on the YouTube went round, like, you know, your KFCs is like, is your milkshake machine broken? And they're like, no, that's a McDonald's thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's just crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So the last bit of this is how to combat planned obsolescence. So we know about the four types, so you can also take these additional measures. You can look for extended warranties that cover products should they fail, but obviously you'll be charged more. Mm-hmm. You can buy products that have lots of spare parts readily available. That'll involve some research before you buy. It'd be like buying a Ford car instead of yeah. uh, a Yugo. <laughs> you don't get many of them driving around now. I think so they're actually... Completely rare that you just don't see. I yeah. think they've been bought by Volkswagen. Have they? I think they have. I think they, they're under the, under the Volkswagen badge nowadays. Yeah. We go, we go. Yeah, they were like a Czech company, <laughs> weren't they? The Soviets had them. They were, they were fun little cars. 
Yeah. Our friend's mum had a car, a Yugo, yeah. when we were younger, and wasn't there a hole actually in the back? <laughs> it was, there was a hole in the back, you could see the road. Rusted. What? Honest, you could see the road. Yeah, it, it was a thin little strip in the back, in the footwell, <laughs> and it was probably no more than, I don't know, maybe a centimetre and a half wide. But it was it spread all across the foot well <laughs> and you could actually see the road underneath if you looked down. None of us ever put our feet on it. It was like sitting either side with your legs spread like the door frame and the and then the middle console thing. But yeah, it was a Yugo. It wasn't the classical Yugo, it was a slightly more up to date one though. Was it? I think it was. Yeah. So you buy from retailers that safely recycle electronics and eliminate dangerous substances. Yeah, fair enough. If they're going to recycle it, you can buy a new one. It's okay, as long as it's getting recycled and reused. Mm -hmm. Better. And you support the durable brands that build products that last. Again, you're going to have to do some research. Yeah. You can vote with your purchasing power, though, remember that. By buying durable second-hand products, your hard-earned cash does not have to go to manufacturers that use planned obsolescence. Yeah. It is like a vote in a way. It's like, well, I'm not going to buy a brand new one. Fuck you, mm -hmm. I'm going to buy this second-hand version because it's still running. And you can save yourself on money, some money. Do you know what we haven't said? They don't make them like they used to. Oh, they don't make them like they used to, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, in July 2017, the European Parliament passed the resolution on a longer lifetime for products. This marked a step forward in the battle against planned obsolescence. Is uh, this what you mentioned earlier? Yeah. There's been an update from yeah. this, I think. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, that was our. This is the UK, isn't it? You. Yeah. I read that article. It was the UK. This is the EU. Okay. Yeah. So it's taken us a couple of years because it's supposed to go to Brexit. Yeah. To uh, put this in place, but yeah, this resolution provides. Uh, then again, this isn't great because it's providing financial incentives for companies that make durable, high-end quality products. And uh, straightforward to repair, so it comes out of our tax money anyway. So you're just basically paying them. them to do you're it. paying them to make better products so you, and that can be repaired. Oh, yeah. So you're paying them more because um, but you're also gonna pay more. They don't pay any tax, these fucking companies half of them. You're also gonna pay more to buy a high quality durable product that's gonna last you like ten your fridge is that fridge is gonna guarantee to last you ten years. And you've heard people who've said, Oh, it's lasted me twenty. Right, you're gonna buy that fridge, but it's gonna cost a bit more. And they're being paid to make sure their product isn't shit. We're paying them. We're paying them, and then giving them more money to buy the product <laughs> oh, oh, in the hope it's gonna last its 10 years, maybe 20 years lifespan. And they're getting our tax money as a bonus on top of that to say, oh, we promised we won't make we mm. won't make shit, but we still kind of will because we still want more money. Yeah. So instead of lasting 10, it'll last eight. You'll be like, when did we buy that fridge? 10 years ago, worst oh. of its life. And no one keeps track of how long they've had their fridge. You don't write your fridge's birth date on the fucking <laughs> side of it, do you? I do. I'll put little marks on the wall as it <laughs> Every day. Yeah. I wonder what all them tally marks were. <laughs> Some of the things the days you hadn't had sex for. Oh. <laughs> so the long I need, a lot, I need fucking taller Put me a bit like solitary son in Alcatraz. <laughs> I need taller flat spend for that. It's only three story. <laughs> Yeah, that long lockdown, hasn't it? Fucking <laughs> uh, Right, what was it? Several organisations are advocating against planned obsolescence and uh, uh, they're good to keep an eye on the future to see which companies they endorse. 
There's a Spanish one called FEDES, which is the Foundation for Energy and Sustainable Innovation Without Planned Obsolescence. Fuck me, that's a mouthful. No wonder they call it FEDES <laughs> or FEDES. Now, that awards are marked to companies with an environmentally sustainable supply chain and business practices uh, and create products without planned obsolescence. Uh, Casio were in there, the calculator and watchmakers, they're on that, they've got one of them. And Scanfisk Seafood. Yeah, there's another Spanish company, they meet, they have a network, they set up meeting points to swap unneeded objects with other consumers to help squeeze every second out of a product's lifespan rather than by throwing it away. I guess mm. we have that with Telford Sales, stuff like that on Facebook, yeah. things like that. Mm -hmm. So Facebook is obviously actually helping for once. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, just remember that before you buy something, you've got to ask yourself, do you need it and is it going to last? You know, let's just do all a little bit to make things less wasteful. Yeah. I'm not an environmental hippie by any stretch of the imagination. Well, you know, but, what, I, you know what I think. Well, you, the problem's systemic. Well, Capitalism has to go. You can't have infinite growth on a finite planet. I was just about to quote you saying that. That's one of your things you say. You can't have finite growth on an infinite planet. Other way around. Yeah, you can't have infinite growth on a finite planet. You can have finite growth on Whatever. an infinite planet. Whatever. Either way, say it. Say it. Say it again. You can't have infinite growth on a finite planet. There you go. Quoting Mike. Now, it's true. Eventually, we're going to run out of this shit. We're, only, we're digging it out the fucking earth. Yep. Right? Eventually, we're going to run out. So you've got to do something. And if that involves making stuff last longer, fantastic. Hopefully that'll boost technology to the point where we've all got a 3D printer at home we can make what we want. Star Trek future. That's a long way off. But just making things last, seeing if you can get it repaired. Whether Step you were, forward towards yeah. Star Trek future, isn't it? It's the antithesis of capitalism. Of course it is. You go, you know, they're, they're desperate to do the opposite. Of course, but you've got, as a person, as a citizen of the earth, you've got to, yes, all right, I love stuff. I love to buy stuff. I work for, I buy stuff, but even if something breaks of mine, I'm going to figure out a way, to, do I need, can I get this fixed? Because, at the end of the day, it's, we, we, you can't just keep on churning iPads out, because eventually you're going to run out of the materials, yeah. and so at some point we'll have to dig back through all the old shit we've thrown away to get the recycling, uh, yeah. so we're just saving ourselves some effort in the long run. No one wants to go rooting through a fucking 21st century garbage dump to find a few iPads to get the gold out of them. To make a new iPad. To make a new iPad. <laughs> That's it. All this stuff's going to run out one day. We're going to go back to the old days in a way where stuff was built to last. Profit margins are profit margins. I understand that's how people make a living. And not just the CEOs, but also the people who make this stuff. But you've got to find a way to balance that somewhere and that if that involves less profit for the very rich rich and increasingly growing richer people at the top then you know so be it we can't make any more of this stuff once it's all gone so they're not going to get any richer you got to take the hit now mm. that's it isn't it yeah that's what i'm doing with that's my take what was it 100 companies produce 70 percent of their global emissions something like that we did it on the episode didn't we we should call that episode capitalist bastardism because <laughs> that's what that episode was and that's what this is yeah it's a continent you know capitalism's got its place every system's got its good points and it's got its bad points but this is like this is just vulture capitalism, capitalism. Just, you know it isn't natural we made it in a system well I think it's just a it sad evolved. state of affairs isn't it where the government's got to tell you 
to make your product. Yeah, that's another valid point. The, the government. Yeah, but morality and ethics is, not, is nothing in capitalism doesn't exist. It's externality. That's why it's a sad state of affairs, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you got to go to the root of the problem, which is capitalism itself. And we got to rip it out by root and stem. Root and stem. <laughs> I love that expression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's this is a terrible example, isn't it? At the end of the day, yeah. it's, it's we're raping the planet. We're exploiting people. Let's not forget the people. Just to make billionaires more wealthy than they already are. It's fucking insane. And I just had a flashy reminder of uh, Ben putting up a poor plant by rooting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> back to always back to the garden with you, innit? Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I think we could just implement more socialism and go to UBI and then hopefully to an RBE future Star Trek future RBE yeah RBE resource based economy oh resource based yeah. economy yeah again though that would hasten along quicker if we had some major natural disaster that fucked the entire world's economy well like Covid <laughs> yeah a little bit they've often talked about that great reset coming in the wake of this haven't they I'll be in episode one day. Alright, that's planned obsolescence. Have we all said what yeah. we're going to say? Yeah. Yeah. Fucked up facts. Alright, let's finish the show on some fucked up facts. Facts, facts, fucked up facts, 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 facts. Fucked up facts. Facts. He's just got more and more. He's got the last word. First fact, Go on then. 56% of Americans believe Arabic numerals should not be taught in schools. Oh, uh, this is, I've seen this this thing before. It's Arabic numerals are our numbers, aren't they? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, etc, etc. Mm. Right. Yeah, uh, but they've, they're just called Arabic numerals and they did a... When asking the average person what Arabic numerals are, they'll go, oh, this must be a lot of the using Islam, but it's not. It's just the numbers we use. It was preying on people's ignorance, ignorance of a not really very well known fact. In all fairness, I didn't know they were called Arabic, Arabic numerals until um, I read that, and it was like a bit of a sort of a, a bit of a condescending article. Mm. I thought when I first read that, I remember it coming out, mm. and they were like. Oh, seventy-three percent of Americans don't want. Uh, there shows, are numbers. Ha <laughs> ha! Fuck you. And you're just show you their prejudice, though. Yeah, but I'd have gone. Well, what are Arabic numerals? Would be my first question. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, that's what. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we need them. I got taught Roman numerals. Didn't need that. I popped to figure out Rocky and Star Trek, Star Wars films. <laughs> it's the only thing in my life I've done with Roman numerals. I think they look classy. Mm hmm. I'm not saying they don't, but MCXV43, MCXIIIV610 is a damn sight more complicated than like fucking 1996, isn't it? I'll give you that. 87% of Ian Fleming's Bond books mention what? Rape. Oh, fuck, that's a bit dark, isn't it? Bond was basically a fucking rapist. Oh, was he? Well, you met a woman that said, no, James, no, and he's like, oh, go on. And they went, oh, uh, right. That's a food item. Caviar. Caviar. No. Chicken wings. <laughs> Spotted dick. 
<laughs> Scrambled eggs. Oh, right. Really? Well, I was bust giving them rape. <laughs> yeah, you know, the old thing is, hey, 47 knows that yes is still a yes. Uh-huh. That was Bond, wasn't it? He was like, he just, all the time. He was not into sexual politics, Ian Fleming's Bond. Well, certainly the early Bond movies, anyway. He just relied on the fact that he was James Bond, didn't he? And that does help. You know what else helps? Cosmonaut. <laughs> does anyone know what the red liquid in a bloody steak is? Uh, it's not blood, is it? It's like the... Juices? Cellular composition breaking down under heat or something like that. It's a mix of water and a muscle protein called myoglobin. Mmm. Yeah. It's, it's kind of blood, but it isn't blood. It's globins to do with blood, aren't they? Yeah. So it's kind of blood, but it's not proper blood. It's that fake blood. Fake blood. <laughs> All the blood's gone. It's been drained. No, oh, yeah. Out of the veins, hasn't it? Out the veins, I yeah. guess so, yeah. Some may still in the muscles, I don't know. But... I always have my medium rare anyway. I like a bit of pink, but I don't like it too bloody. Oh, I like a bit of pink, yeah. I like a bit of blood, because I like to want my chips up in it. Mm. Or microglobin. I like a bit of microglobin. This might be an episode one of the days. Anyone heard of this? Due to a war, 14 ships got stranded halfway along the Suez Canal between 1967 and 75. 14 ships? Yep. During a war? Yep. So 1967 would be the either the Arab Israeli War or the Yom Kippur War or the Six Day War, but. Why was it there? For, could it have been one of them. Those are the three major wars. It wasn't the six day, was it? Because they were there for eight years. Yeah, so why were they there for eight years? They couldn't leave. Let us... Maybe they were like Egyptian or something. And the Israelis... No, they were like Americans and things. They were Dutch and all different nationalities. They couldn't leave because... I don't know why exactly. We have to do an episode on it. Alright, okay. The fleet's crew eventually developed a postal service and their own version of the Olympic Games. Ha! Oh, sweet. Ace... They're going to do something, aren't you? Yeah, pass the time. Yeah. Should have played cricket. They're going to have to make a game of cricket last 20 years. I fucking hate. <laughs> I, read, I read about it when that boat got stuck. Oh, yeah. Stairs. Yeah. When they unfairly blamed the female boat pilot. Did they? They did, yeah. There was a female boat pilot. And they said, oh, it's all her fault. Woman driving, blah, blah. It's like, nah, she actually did nothing wrong. It's the captain was a dick. <laughs> In 1961, an aeroplane carrying two nuclear bombs broke up over North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, I've heard about that. We should do an episode on that one. They're actually missing nukes. Mm, neither bomb exploded, but some of the uranium has never been found. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah, there's been quite a few missing nukes. I think there'd, been, there'd be some sort of locators on nukes, wouldn't you? Yeah, I suppose so. Clearly not back in the day. But the main thing is they weren't designed to yeah. go off with on a crash. The fact that planes crash and those the Americans had SAC, which was Strategic Air Command. It ran for X amount of years from like nineteen late forties, early fifties up to like the seventies. They always had B twenty B fifty five bombers somewhere in the world flying around America, flying around their enemies just out in the international waters, always being refueled in air, always with their nuclear weapons, targets to go just waiting for that command to go. They kept that up for years. So the film Doctor Strange was based on. Yeah. Yeah. Bearing in mind that planes crash occasionally, they're designed not to explode on a plane crash. Yeah. That's how the fuse is inserted before they're dropped, basically. Yeah. Mm. 
interesting fact, one of my own fucked up facts, is it takes a power of a Hiroshima-sized bomb to set off a hydrogen bomb. Wow. So an atomic bomb maybe is a lot weaker to the hydrogen bomb. I think it was about 100 kilotons was a Hiroshima bomb, maybe a bit less. you got to have that explosion to create the hydrogen fusion explosion. So yeah, that would be really, really bad. Yeah. That burned. You won't be in your hot tub for very long in that, I can tell you that much. Mm. I threw my own three fact up facts there. Sorry, yeah. Mike. No, it's a good man. Got him. Throw him in. In 2012, a French woman received a phone bill for 11.7 quadrillion euros. Fuck me, she not hang up or something. <laughs> Before admitting their mistake, Bouygues Telecom told her she could pay the bill in instalments. Oh, that's <laughs> nice of them. Bouygues, I don't know. That's nice of them. It's French. You can pay in instalments. You only owe us 11 quadrillion francs, euros even. That's all right. Pay us in installments when you got it. <laughs> we know you're good for it. <laughs> you won't die before you pay that off, will you? Uh, no, no, I promise. Off the page. <laughs> yeah. In 1996, a Cornish cemetery opened a special section for people to bury their deceased Tamagotchis. <laughs> now there's some planned obsolescence for you. That's a yeah. complete waste of land and resources. Yeah. <laughs> I never had a Tamagotchi, but I get the feeling if I had it, it wouldn't have lasted very long. I didn't know for. Tea and remember them? I do, yeah. Little netted thing you put over the, the uh, teapot to keep it warm. <laughs> oh, there's a lovely cafe down on Iron Bridge that still doesn't. Is it? Mm. Oh, I remember my nan had knitted, used to knit them regularly. Mm. Well, apparently, they don't keep your tea any warmer than it would be without one. Really? How dare you say that about my nan's tea cosies? Oh, they just look really cute around the teapot. They do, don't they? they? I don't even drink tea, but I always just like, like putting the cosy on. Oh, that new cosy, yeah, I needed it on Sunday. I just think sense. she's wasting her time. She got enjoyment from it. Yeah. That doesn't make sense, that doesn't it? No, no you think the extra insulation yeah, would keep it warmer? I disagree with your fucked up fact, sir. Uh, just because of nostalgia. Well, they're pretty reliable, my sources. The QI page. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to contest that one. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to contest that one. Bit of research. I'll definitely contest the next one. People who eat chocolate are less likely to sh show symptoms of depression. Uh, <laughs> I eat chocolate with a bucket load, I depressed a fork. <laughs> <laughs> I think a chocolate bar does make you feel better. Though. At the time it does. Yeah. Then you feel does. guilty. Yeah, a bit guilty. No, I wish I had another of them. <laughs> that was my thing. Your bar but wasn't big enough. <laughs> <laughs> Your bar wasn't big enough for all the guilt. Yeah, I know. I need more guilt. Give me another bar. <laughs> Naples, Italy is creating a DNA database of all its resident dogs. Okay, that could be a good idea. Kind of is dog profiling, though. Any dog poo found left on the sidewalk will be tested against a database. Oh, fuck me, what is this, 1984? And the owner will be sent a bill for 500 euros. Oh, fucking hell, no, no, no way I'm not signing Max up to that. That's terrible. Oh. That is, that's fucking 1984. Oh. What if he's shitting in the woods? Is that okay? No, it said the, the, the path. Yeah. The sidewalk. Yeah, on the sidewalk. No, I always pick that up, but, you know, what if I can't get it up? What if I can't? What is physically impossible to scoop into a bag? What if you're having a bad day, bowel-wise? 
Yeah, whatever. Well, I imagine that probably won't last long on the pavement, washed away or something. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just, that's nineteen eighty four for dogs. I don't mm. like it. It might be good for security for dogs. There's a lot of dog theft going on. No. Then again, they can just do a DNA test on the dog at that point. No need to shit. Yeah. The taste of sourdough. Right. Is specific to the baker. Interesting. So every sourdough is a little bit different. Yeah. It's because you you start the the process. It's only water and flour and possibly a little bit of yeast, and then they keep it going for years and years by just feed what what feeding it sugar and mm. flour, I believe. A baker that does a sourdough in Shropshire wouldn't taste the same as a baker that's doing a, a sourdough, you know, somewhere in, in Wales, for instance, because they've kept, you know, feeding this same microorganism. Okay, so I know nothing about this. I'm just like a little bit in awe that every single one tastes different, but I can see where you're coming from. It's like, <clears throat> sourdough doesn't get replaced for years, I take it. Yeah, you, you, you take some off it and you leave a chunk behind. Yeah. And then you just add more flour and water yeah, so to the chunk that you left behind, and then that grows again. Yeah, yeah. But why is that taste specific to that baker? Because he's added more or added less, or he's kept it for longer, or he's got rid of it you quicker. You're horrified by the answer. Oh no, it's just going to be bad. It's microbes on their hands that give it the bread the, its unique flavour. Oh, I hope he's washing his hands. Oh, I suppose yeah. You've got to, you've got to get it out of the you know the prover. Oh, I hope he's washing his hands. Mm. And shape your, your, your bread. Oh. We're tasting a bit nutty. Oh. <laughs> this bread's a bit nutty. <laughs> this bread's a bit shitty. <laughs> <laughs> the French police are currently dismantling a ring of international Lego thieves. Oh, God. Really? It's like it's a bad pun. But it's the truth. And a pun at the same time. Lego thieves. It's, it's bloody expensive stuff. It is. The Death Star's like 650 notes or something like that. So do you reckon these guys are like hitting high-end Lego shops and getting like the, the big sets and then selling them on the black market for less and still making a profit? No, I think it'll be like a lot bigger than that. It'll be they're nicking them so then they can like rip them off and make like, you know... A, New sort of version of Lego Lepin. I've seen that on the market on oh, right. <laughs> Lepin on eBay. Yeah. Ooh, so interesting then. To, to you know reproduce and make it for cheaper. Interesting. Interesting theory. In the nineteen sixties, the Zambian space program. <laughs> Zambian. <laughs> Why does that sound like the Jamaican Pops 18? <laughs> Why does it sound like Major Tundi? <laughs> yeah. I immediately thought of Major Tundi. They asked UNESCO for £10 million to send a 16-year-old girl, two cats and a missionary to Mars. <laughs> and they're doing that cheap! <laughs> oh, I dread to think what state the fucking... I dread to think what it looked like that much money. I mean, how much... NASA was taking up something like 20% of the American GDP in the 60s <laughs> to get a man to Mars, a man to the moon by the end of the decade. And they wanted to do it for how much? Seven, seven million. Seven million. And it's Jesus. passed through the hands of many people and oh. be filtered off a little <laughs> bit as well. 
It was a 16-year-old girl. Two um, cats and a missionary to Two mind. cats and a missionary. This just sounds like some Catholic priest fucking all-time sex fan, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I want to fuck a 16-year-old in his face while two cats watch. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have seven million pounds? Can I have seven million pounds, please? So, oh, we can guarantee we can get you up there, but I don't mean coming back. I could die happy. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be glad to know the request was rejected. Oh, thank God for that. We stopped some abuse at last. And then he got a job in Canada. Mm. Mm. Fucking Catholics. Sorry. Death metal attracts sharks. Not surprised. That's one of the most metal animals out there. A great white. You put some amount of math in the sea, some Viking battle metal on the go, the sharks will swarm around it. It's got to be the frequency, hasn't it? They like that guitar. You know, it must go, you know, through the water really nice because they they just stuck, you know, some sort of underwater speakers in, weren't they? And yeah. tested these theories. Yeah, but sharks are metal. Whales aren't metal. Whales are lovely. You know, they're like... They listen to folk music whales, do, don't they? Sure, I was thinking a bit of Enya. Enya, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, they're, they're whales are chilled, man. Whales are pretty chilled. They might do better reggae yeah, whales. Dolphins a bit, of, a bit of Bjork. Maybe a bit of Bjork, yeah. Dolphins, dolphins are punk. Yeah, you think? <laughs> I don't know. I like rowdy teenagers, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they are a bit, aren't they? They play with um, puffer fish that make them get high. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll go with that. And then what else we got? Stingrays with every metal. Well, you probably just listen to Stingray all the time. Judas Priest. Judas Priest, <laughs> Stingrays, definitely. Sharks, yeah, they're like they like bring the fucking Viking battle metal on for them. They love that. They love a bit Octopus of a man of life. Funk. Definitely funk or piano. They'd be great pianists, wouldn't they? Octopuses. <laughs> Octopi. I think it is octopuses. Oh, either way, I like saying octopi. Tuna and that, they'd just be listening to Happy Hardcore, wouldn't they? Tuna and sardines, the ones that go around in massive packs. Packs. And Schools. Yeah. Who it turtles? That's uh, fucking hell, Bob Marley. <laughs> <laughs> the whales were doing the Bob Marley thing. Yeah, they did, didn't they? The whales, oh, yeah, yeah. Reggae for turtles. Do you think? Sea turtles, they're pretty rap. They're pretty rapid, those sea turtles. Pretty laid back. They're always on beaches, aren't they? Yeah, fair enough. That could be an episode on its own. <laughs> Anymore? Yes. Yeah, speaking of sounding animals, relative to the body size, the latest animal on Earth is a lesser water boatman. I beg you, but what is one of them? Like a little bug. Oh, is it one of them little bugs that skeets across the? The water, you see, yeah. in your boat, they like yeah. fly yeah, just through the water, and you can see them yeah. treading water almost. Yeah. What, and they they yell? What are they? <laughs> well, it's two millimeters long and can sing at one hundred and five decibels by rubbing its penis against its belly. Guinness <laughs> oh, World. I thought that was just me. Guinness uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> World Records lists the insect under loudest penis. Oh man, I feel good. I've lost my fucking prize now. I've got to work hard and get back in the Guinness Book of Records. It's going to involve a lot of penis rubbing. I'm prepared to make the sacrifice. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I'd finish on this. More Americans are members of Amazon Prime than are members of a church, mosque or synagogue. And so they should be. Capitalism is our new religion. 
I'd, I'd rather have Amazon than any religion. The prophets have become our prophets. I'd still rather have Amazon than any religion. Genuinely. At least Amazon doesn't fly planes into buildings. Amazon doesn't uh, kill kids and bury them in mass graves. Amazon doesn't force people out their homes and then shoot their children. Yeah, Amazon's <laughs> a lot better than every major religion, so fine. Yeah, bring on the Amazon Prime membership. Bring on High Chancellor Jeff Bezos, because at least he won't be having any of this religious nonsense anymore. It's just a different form now. Why can't we just not have religious doctrine? Full stop. So I want to buy shit. Mm. <laughs> and Amazon's cheap. Well, as long as it makes you feel better. It the does. It validates, it validates my tough existence while the world burns. <laughs> That's what it does, Mike. But I'd still rather have it than church. Yeah. I could spend an hour in church on Sunday morning. I could buy some trainers. I could buy some art for my wall. Yeah, them trainers have been fucking made by in a sweatshop by kids. Yes, they were. Well, they make a damn fine trainer, Mike. Damn fine. I'm saying they're both evil. Both evil. I think. I, I think Amazon's a bit less evil than than religion. I mean, Amazon hasn't launched any crusades or fatwas yet. Yeah. In, in the grand, mm -hmm. uh, in the grand scheme of things, for how long Amazon's been? <laughs> yeah. Right, Religion's right. killed more people than Amazon ever has. Yeah, it's going to take them a long time to catch up as well. You know, we, even if we just stopped, you know. Is has has an Amazon driver ever been killed by a Hermes driver? A <laughs> 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 I'll guarantee you, or, or vice versa, I'll guarantee you it's only by accident. It's not like, that guy's a Muslim, kill him. That guy's a Christian, they, kill him. That guy's have, a Jew, put him in a camp. They do have suicide nets around their factories. No, that's Apple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Same thing, probably do it as well. <laughs> You know, just as they put a tracker on you when you're at work, yeah. apparently, they can see where you are at all times. Yeah. But yeah, you know what? Make Jeff Bezos Pope. <laughs> That's my philosophy on this. <laughs> Better than any religion. <laughs> oh, and on that note, I'm in Ben. Thank you very much for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Code the Bone, the Post Through the Apocalypse. Follow us on YouTube, which is Apocalypse Ball. SoundCloud cutting through the ball in the PTA. SoundCloud cutting through the ball in the PTA. All right, uh, I've been Ben. Thank you very much for listening. Don't do the favourite. Don't join a call. I've been Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you. And I've been Claire. And have a good evening. And keep an open mind, but not so open that it spills out your ears, guys. It might have come home. Football. Football. Football.